गुरुर् ब्रह्मा गुरुर् विष्णु गुरुर् देवो महेश्वरा गुरुर् साक्षात पर ब्रह्मा तस्मय श्री गुरुवै नमः Welcome back to Journey to the Self. My name is Prabhakar Prasad and on this channel I will be sharing the most ancient Vedic science about the mind, meditation and self-realization. Today's topic is self-knowledge. Why do we need self-knowledge? Because that is the only truth that doesn't change. Everything around us in this five-element world including our body and mind is constantly changing so the ancient scriptures and the saints who studied those scriptures and practiced what's written in those scriptures teach about the knowledge that we need to understand and learn about the self and the associated practices that one can practice in order to experience the true nature of our true self which is the eternal peace and happiness we'll do a quick recap of our last episode before we begin this episode in the last episode i used a verse from one of the ancient scriptures called katopanishad to understand our current human reality and experience where a human body has been compared to a chariot the five horses attached to the chariot represent our five senses the reins the strings the ropes the leash attached to the horses represent the mind the charioteer holding on to the reins to control the chariot in the right direction represent the intellect and the passenger sitting in the back who is witnessing and experiencing this ride is the true self the true self experiences wherever the horses are pulling the chariot towards and the horses like to go in their own vast fields full of sense object for example the horse representing the eyes likes to go in its own field to see everything it can see basically consume all kinds of forms it can be it other objects animals humans nature countries multiple universes it wants to see everything moving on to the next horse representing the ears it wants to go in the field full of sounds and music everything it can hear from all kinds of sources the third horse representing the nose wants to go in a field full of beautiful fragrances all kinds of flowers and smells of every possible beautiful thing the fourth horse representing the tongue wants to eat everything <laughs> don't we all love eating 
So it wants to taste everything there is to be tasted. Indian food, Chinese food, Japanese food, Moroccan food, American food, European food, all kinds of food. And when it's done, it wants to just combine and mix and match and all kinds of different things. And the fifth sense, the skin, wants to feel the touch in a lot of ways, in every possible way. It is sometimes in the form of human touch, animal touch, trees, Mother Earth. So that explains our current reality and experience in a way. We wake up, the body wakes up, the chariot is parked during the sleep state, the morning comes. The chariot becomes active, the body becomes active, it engages with the senses, the chariot engages with the horses, and then it just starts to go in all those fields that we just imagined. And that's all we do during our wakeful state. That is, the moment we open our eyes until we close our eyes. These horses are running and running and running and running and running non-stop. And the passenger sitting in the back, who is the self, is being pulled in all these directions, wherever the horses want to go. Currently, the horses have gotten so strong that they have been pulling the reins, which are actually supposed to be pulling the horses back, but currently they are being pulled by the horses. Furthermore, the charioteer who is holding on to the reins also has no control over the chariot, which is basically the intellect. It's going wherever the horses want to go, along with the reins, the senses with the mind. The intellect has been kidnapped almost and has lost control over the chariot, the human body. And the intellect's role is, in one word, discernment, discrimination, to decide which direction is right or wrong, which direction the chariot, the human body, should move into to find what it's seeking, which is the peace and happiness. In other words, the end of pain and sufferings. So currently the horses are pulling the entire chariot in the direction of its sense cravings and looking for sense object to fulfill those cravings and the charioteer, the intellect, has no control. And in all this, the self sitting in the back of the chariot is experiencing what the horses and the reins are experiencing. The horses like a certain field through its eyes, 
the self enjoys it. But then also the horse sees another powerful, more stronger animal, it gets scared. So the self also gets scared. This horse enjoys some good music, but there's also not sometimes so good music. The self has to listen to both. They smell horses, the nose is trying to only be looking for beautiful fragrances, but sometimes you can't avoid. There's shit around. You have to smell it. So the self has to smell that too. Taste-wise, the same. The horses want to go and eat everything, but they don't have the intellect, the charioteer controlling them, so they sometimes end up eating things that upsets their bowel stomach now you're sick so the self has to be sick although it enjoyed the little food before getting sick the taste of it and the fifth one the skin so basically the self is going through the experiences of these opposites joys sorrows pain Pleasure, day, night, light, dark, yin, yang. So in this episode, now we will try to go a little further to understand why the horses are going where they're going. Although we know it should be controlled by the reins, should be controlled by the charioteer so that the self has a better experience during this so-called human journey, the ride. So for that, I would like to share a story. There was a jungle in a family of lions, a male lion, a female lion, a grandpa lion, and a grandma lion, and two little cubs, lion's children, passing through a beautiful, lush jungle. During the hunting, when the lions went to get food for the entire family of six, one of the little cubs, let's give him a name, Mowgli, got left behind. Now, the lions, after hunting, came back and looking for Mowgli. They couldn't find him. They kept looking and looking and looking. And then after, at the end of the day, excuse me, they had to leave. Hoping they will come back and find him again, which they do, but they don't find Mowgli. What happened after the Lion's family left. There came a family of goats. A beautiful family of goats, very kind, compassionate, and loving. And they looked at this beautiful Mowgli, the cub, just playing, 
but also scared because it's now almost dark and he wants to go home to be with his sibling, mother, father, grandpa, grandma and enjoy the prey and go to sleep with the family feeling safe and secure and protected. So the goat's family, knowing that it's a lion's cub, waited for a little bit before they could approach the lion cub to help Mowgli. But at the same time, they were also scared because, of course, in the hierarchy of planet Earth, the goats have no chance against the lions, especially when you're approaching the lion's kid. You better watch out. That could be the end of your goat life before you get reincarnated into a lion. Anyway, so the goat family finally approaches Mowgli and takes Mowgli with them to make sure he gets food, he has a home, and he's safe and protected. And the goat family starts to treat Mowgli as it's one of them, as it's one of the goats. Mowgli's family comes but doesn't find the goat, excuse me, Mowgli, and goes back. And now Mowgli has become part of this goat family. He started to grow up with the rest of the family members in this goat community in a separate part of jungle, which is safe and protected for the, all the goats. Now, this Mowgli, the lion kid, starts to see what the goats are seeing every day. He starts to hear all the sounds that these goats are making to communicate with each other. Mowgli starts to smell the things what the goat community smells because of the things lying around in the community in that part of jungle. Now Mowgli also starts to eat what the goats eat, which is 100% pure vegetarian food. Consisting of a lot of grass, a lot of green grass. So now Mowgli is on a plant-based diet, basically with the rest of the goats in the community. Whereas his ancestors, as far as you can go, they eat meat. So, and this last sense, the skin. Mowgli starts to play with other goat kids and, <clears throat> excuse me, he's enjoying the experience playing with other kids and the love and affection and the hugs and embraces he's getting with all the goats in the community and he's loving it. And that becomes his reality. And that is his experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Weeks go by, months go by, years go by. Mowgli has become a part of the goat community, 
part of the goat family and Mowgli has now actually become a goat in a lion's body. Now one day there's a lion passing through that part of the jungle looking for its prey. And the lion happens to see Mowgli who looks just like the lion looking for prey. But he also sees that Mowgli is so comfortable with all these goats and playing with them and hanging out with them and just going to the river to drink water. He observes Mowgli for a little bit. He's so confused that this, this guy, this Mowgli, looks like one of the lions, one of us, but he's actually behaving like a goat. He's living his life like a goat. So now he gets so perplexed that he decides to approach Mowgli to find out what's going on. He approaches. Now Mowgli is with the rest of the goats. And the rest of the goats, seeing the lion coming, they get scared. And of course, they run for their lives. And Mowgli also starts to run with the rest of the goats, thinking it's a dangerous situation. Even though he is a lion, but he's following the goats and running away from the lion approaching. So the lion outruns Mowgli and finally catches up with him and grabs him. And Mowgli is scared. He's really scared and he's thinking it could be his last breath. Now the lion, the senior lion, let's call him, he takes Mowgli to a nearby pond. Amazing, beautiful, transparent water. And stands at the shore of the pond with the sun hitting the senior lion and Mowgli. And there's a beautiful reflection of both of them on the clear, transparent water on the pond. For the first time, Mowgli sees his own reflection matching with a lion. And he realizes Oh, I actually look like him, the senior lion. Why was I running away from him? Why was I so scared? The senior lion seizes the moment and he roars. Seeing the senior lion roar, Mowgli attempts to roar, attempts to produce the same sound. And there he goes. He roars for the first time in his life. And he hears himself and he's surprised. 
he's found himself. He's a lion. So the moral of the story is we're all lions. That lion represents the true self within each one of us. But we're living our life as goats because of the conditioning because of the reality that has been created for us or some we have created ourselves. And of course, a result of that is our human experience. That is nothing but a goat's experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Because we've gotten so used to enjoying these sense objects through our five senses and the mind that we have made ourselves believe in this limited reality, limited experience, and thus limited self-belief. So the ancient scriptures Vedas, Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita, Dhammapada, all of them teach how to find your lion within. Not just find how to become the lion within. Some of the saints who practiced all those teachings went on to actually become the lions, become their true self, and were called self-realized. And they said, this is the ultimate goal of every human, in fact, every being, self-realization. And they said, we must learn about how to become a lion, how to claim the lion within, how to realize the true self within, and not live a life of a goat who is currently making us live a life of a goat is the mind who loves to go with the senses in those five element fields. So let's all try to learn more about the lion within and that knowledge that teaches us more about that lion, the self, is called self-knowledge, which is what I've been learning, practicing, and which I would love to be sharing with you. And then we have to also practice what these saints practiced as written in the scriptures in order to become a lion. The goat cannot be told all these stories of a lion 
in the hope that the goat will become a lion one day. It's not going to happen. It has to do the work, the practice. So in the end, I will leave you with a verse from one of these scriptures called Vivek Churamani. And the verse is from one of the greatest saints named Adi Shankaracharya who lived in the 8th century. It is in Sanskrit that reads as Shurteh Shat Gunam Vidyanamanam Mananadapi Nidam Dhyasam Laksh Gunam Anantam Nirvikalpam. That means reflection should be considered a hundred times superior to hearing, and contemplation on what you hear is a hundred times, hundred thousand times superior even to reflection. But the self-realization is infinite in its results. In the next episode, we will learn more about this. How do we learn anything? As written in the ancient scriptures which basically follows four kinds of knowledge, four steps. First one, Shravanagyan, that means hearing. Second is Mananagyan, which is reflecting, thinking, contemplating. Third is Nididhyasan, which is practicing what you reflect, contemplate, or think over, which is coming from what you hear. And the final stage is Anubhav, experience. Now once you have practiced something, what you contemplated over, which you heard first, you can experience. So in the next episode, we will expand upon that and go further. Before I end this episode, I'd like to quote a line from one of the... Line, not lion from one of the greatest saints named Swami Vivekananda, who is the founder of Vedanta. He says, Atmagyan hi shreshthe, shesh sabamaya hai. That means, self-knowledge is the supreme knowledge. Rest is all illusion. Thank you and happy journey to the self.